Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show On The Mark. I am... Mark, confused, yes, perhaps. Can I help you? <laughs> yes. Do you know where you are today? You're staring me down again. Well, I think you've had a Joe Biden moment this morning. Avert your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, three young interns in uh, Tom Morgan's studio this morning, and I referred to them as Charlie's Angels, and they said... Who are they? Who are they? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Probably half the audience just said the same thing. <laughs> so that didn't work out. Uh, they did refer to me as Joe Biden, though. So, Well, you have certain there's, similarities. They're somewhat cognizant, <laughs> including irritating the young interns. All right, so welcome on board, everybody. It is WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. I portray a liberal on the radio, and across from me is an actual conservative, but a natural-born listener. He's got his Fox funnels on, so he's uh, ready to talk about all the important... No, one of them just fell out. Wait a minute until I get back in. <laughs> I don't think so. And uh, So that is Joe McGranahan, mayor of Shabokan Dam, in charge of Pima's global tsunami response, and he no, is... No, volcanoes. Ho- volcanoes, okay. You keep he's forgetting also... that. I, I was tsunamis, now volcanoes. He gave it up. <laughs> he gave it up for something that doesn't occur. Yeah, it wouldn't be impossible for us to have a tsunami. I'm angling to become the director of Bigfoot sightings. Ah, well, wait a minute. There, those people should be busy. If that turns out to be anything like the UFOs, we'll get them documented and we'll know that they actually occur. Yes. Well, I believe in them. <laughs> you believe in them. Do you believe in climate change yet? No, not no, that. But okay. I believe in the. I believe in strange monsters that live in odd places. But Joe lives on closely held myths, so he is here to tell us that uh, Fox is wonderful, and they have. He has got two good clippings from them today. Our toll-free line is open. In the meantime, call us one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. That's one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. That's our toll-free line. We have nearly open phones today, so give us a buzz. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM. Well, you know, the defund the police issue has come back to bite the Democrats in the posterior, as I predicted it would. Now, former Senator Barbara Boxer was attacked and robbed of her cell phone Monday while in, a Northern Cal- while in Northern California, according to a Twitter post from her own account. Boxer, a Democrat from California, was in Oakland's Jack London Square neighborhood when someone pushed her in the back, took her phone, according to the tweet. Earlier today, former Senator Barbara Boxer was assaulted in the Jack London Square neighborhood of Oakland. The assailant pushed her in the back, stole her cell phone, and jumped in a waiting car. She is thankful she was not injured. The statement posted to Boxer's Twitter account says she is thankful she wasn't seriously hurt. You know, so here's... So what's the irony here? Well, the irony here is that Democrats are demanding defund the police. Now they're trying to back off of it. There was a horrific video in New York City in broad daylight of a 68-year-old man being savagely beaten into unconsciousness by a black man in a hoodie who rolled him over and took his wallet. 
uh, and they are, they posted pictures of that man and another black man riding a bicycle, both wearing masks that they're searching for at this moment. And the the victim was white. So, you know, is there going to be outrage over so this? So this is the Democrats' fault? Well, let's face it. Who's calling for defunding the police? Who is taking billions of well, dollars from the police budget? It isn't Republicans. Whoever came up with the term defund the police, because that's not what anybody's interested in doing. Nobody's oh, that's interested exactly in what just people reducing are doing. police funding. The goal would be Mark, to expand the base of the skills of officers so that every single encounter isn't a big conflict. Then would you explain how New York took $1 billion from the police budget, how many actually passed an ordinance to defund the police. Where did the money go? I don't know where it went, but it didn't go to policing. All right. Well, bring up some topics to which you, all of your answers don't start out with. I don't know. Well, I, how would the I know is, New York City's budget? Do you know New York City's budget? Defunding police involves, uh, well, it's a terrible name for it, but it involves changing the base of officers so that there's no, it more doesn't. family helps, family-based services, social workers, psychologists, whatever it happens to be. People that can help de-escalate things or participate oh, okay. in more police reform or I training. See. So we should have had a social worker on the scene the other day when that well, guy in New York was being would, savagely I'm not beaten, saying that would help he there. could have said, please stop, let me reason with you. It, that criminal. sounds like that would be a perfect place for a normal frontline patrolman. Right. <laughs> um, and, and who do you want coming? If someone's beating the crap out of you, if you will, on a public street, who do you want coming? A social worker or a cop with a gun? I want the cop with the gun. So you're saying then by this that what we need are more conflicts with police, less training, and make sure that we do now nothing how, how to solve the, the underlying issues. How in the world did you get issues. that out of what I just said? Where, in the, where did that come from? Well, because do you, you have indigestion You this like morning? things the way they are. You like conflicts so between between the races. You don't want more training. You I don't do want more training, people helping in the community, and you don't want to address the underlying issues. Tell me what training is lacking. We send even municipal police to the State Police Academy here in Pennsylvania, where they get the same training that Pennsylvania State Police get, except a few things like radar right now. We don't train them in that because municipal police don't have it yet. But we, got, we put them through a rigorous training program. Before you hire a policeman, they have to have a psychological evaluation. They have to go through the academy. Academy. They have to, you know, in our own department, you have to ride with an experienced officer for a while before you're let out on your own. So what do you want? What kind of training is missing from what the police get? Now, you have a definite opinion here, and you always say to me, well, how about not coming up with things you don't know? So you tell me. You're the expert. What is it that's lacking in police training? What are your officers telling you in terms of... You're not answering my question. Uh, this is the answer. The answer is, what are you hearing from your officers? What does your police chief tell you, when you talk about racial conflict or the run-ins that uh, white officers have with white individuals, too, uh, that that escalate or turn violent, what does he tell you that could be an element of training that could help? If any, maybe the answer is no. We send our police for training all the time. They have to recertify in firearms. We send them for training in this and training in that. You know, but it isn't. I'm asking you what's lacking. You're saying that the, the police police across the country lack some kind of specific training that leads to these terrible incidents of white police officers kneeling on the I necks of black that. men. I didn't say that. I said their training could be part of the solution. Maybe you just need to reform police. Maybe we need to relook at uh, the number of patrol officers. Maybe we need more patrol officers out there. Maybe we need foot patrols and bike patrols. I'm simply asking you, you head a police department. Your chief has said, this is what I need to have the perfect department. You've talked to police officers who work for you, and they've said, this is what we need to have a perfect department. What are they telling you? But they're not. 
They're happy. They believe they, they have, have everything they, 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 they need. believe they have. Okay. We provide. No unmet needs. We provide what the police department needs. We don't withhold training. We don't withhold equipment. We haven't said we're defunding our police the way the city of New York has. They literally took $1 billion out of the police budget. Now, I don't believe they spent an additional billion dollars on social workers who to respond to these areas where crimes are being committed. Well, that I think they just like cut budget. the budget. That's probably a budget cut to me. In Minneapolis, Sounds actually, like the Minneapolis City Council actually voted to defund the police, and you're saying that that's not something Democrats are trying to do. It is, and they're walking away from it now because things like Barbara Boxer being mugged are a complete and total embarrassment for well, their defund- defunding in and of itself isn't the solution. If you had spoken to your officers about race and if you had talked to them about the idea, is there any training at all whatsoever that could help in a de-escalation mode or a racial conf- conflict mode, they would have told you that there is training that could be okay. available. They are adequately training. I'm not saying that about your police department. I'm just simply saying that when it comes to some of these more sensitive areas or areas where maybe work in the community could help, uh, some officers, though not yours, recognize that you're, as an area where there could be growth. I know you don't like me to say you're missing my point, but you're missing the <laughs> central point of this argument. Which is it Democrats backpedaling. It doesn't matter how well trained they are if they aren't there when the crime is being committed. If they can't respond immediately to the urgent need that someone has. If they're big, they've been defunded, they've been cut. The mayor of Atlanta has, after cutting cops from the force, now is saying she will authorize any amount of overtime for the police officers that are still there. You're mis- they, they've got to be there to stop the problem. Your Fox funnels are preventing you from hearing a word that I have said. I, you're Defunding talking, you're talking about two different isn't things. what we are talking about. The idea yeah, that's what I'm talking is about. to enhance and reform. If you can't understand that the idea of enhancing and reforming doesn't just mean cutting budgets, then you're not listening. The goal is to train and make it clear okay. that for officers, there's a series of opportunities they have to work with individuals, and sometimes it's a knockdown, drag out a fight that they're going to have with an irate drunk, but there are many other times when the underlying in- issues in a community could be talked about. Just if and your how does officers cutting the funding won't solve that you, problem, how does cutting the funding solve that problem? If your officers won't tell you this, and everyone in the community agrees with them that no additional training, they have no unmet needs in that how regard. How does cutting the funding of the police department, how does cutting their budget I help achieve your say goal? We should cut the funding. Well, that's what—that's the practical effect of what's. Oh yes, they are cutting the funding. That's the actual practical result of what you're talking about. Stan from Danville, you are on the mark. Hi. Uh, just just curious question. Why is it when uh, people on the left, not saying you did, Mark, but people on the left have been claiming for the last year that they want to defund the police, don't want to take the credit for that, and then they want to turn around and blame Republicans for it because they didn't support some COVID bill that had money that was going to states that they said could be used to help fund police. Why is, is that? Is there not any enhancement in policing that we can make? Oh, I'm sure I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Well, then now, let's work towards that. As, I, I, I'm not a cop, so I can't answer to that. But I'm sure there's something that, yes, probably could be to, to improve their training in one form or another. Now, but that's for the professionals to decide. But the, the politicians in these cities 
aren't letting the professionals decide that, are they? Well, in what way can the community assist? I understand the professionals are great. We have some great policing around here and the administration. I'm simply saying that is there not some improvement we could make? Now, if somebody calls it defund the police, that's a misnomer. We're not asking that anything get defunded or budget cuts. But I have talked to police officers who say, you know, when you're talking about this de-escalation training, there probably is more training out there or more helps. We talk about what Northumberland Police is doing with their uh, realistic uh, video monitor training program that will be available to the public and other police departments. That is to enhance policing, not cut the funding for it. So have you heard that's what two, I'm advocating for. I don't know whether, Stan, he's heard, and I don't know whether we have the, can get the audio, but two police chiefs, the police chief of Atlanta, and I forget who the other police chief was, both are black police chiefs, and they are decrying their city's government leadership, the Democratic leadership of their cities, for not supporting the police and giving them the resources they need. Now, that's not a Republican problem. These are the police chiefs in Democratically-led cities, you know, and I'm not saying that every Republican is strict on law and order. Some of them probably aren't, but and I'm sure there are many Democrat, Democratic mayors and police chiefs around the country who are doing the very best they can. But you cannot, you cannot say that we, we are solving a problem if we are not putting boots on the ground. This is one place where you need them. It's like saying we're going to fight a war by sending in a battalion to do the work of an army. Right. Well, as you continue to enjoy your gotcha moment with Democratic leadership in these communities cutting funding, which certainly doesn't sound like it's ideal in those towns or anywhere else, let's look to the future. Let's decide, okay, if defund isn't what we want to do, do what do we want to do? Joe, no. you're, you know, you're sticking the mud thing saying that no more training is needed. Just isn't going to work. No more it's not going to work in a real future. Stan, here's the issue that I see, and maybe you will agree <laughs> with me or maybe you won't, won't agree with me. But policing is a difficult, dangerous job, and it has to be done by people who are willing to make that commitment. They have been vilified. They have been in larger cities where these resources have been cut. They're retiring in mass numbers. They can't get replacements to go to the police academy because of the way we're treating the police. We're trying to take away their personal immunity, and we're trying to defund them. What kind of guy wants to take that kind of a job in this world, or woman for that matter? Well, nobody that's smart. See, I don't have the patience or the, uh, I don't know how you put it, the, the personality to be a cop. I just, I, I can't deal with people that are willfully breaking the law and treating them with respect. That's one reason, you know, people have always said in the past, well, you should go try to get a job as a prison guard. Sorry, I'm not locking myself away for 8 to 12 hours a day in a prison with people that I have absolutely zero respect for. But if you don't show them some sort of decency, which I can do, They'll stab you in the back with a shank. That's you know that's that's me. So I will never do that. But as far as Mark, you're talking about maybe we need to, uh, de-escalation training for cops. It's how just about a, if it's the an idea. Citizens <laughs> in this country. Well, I agree with you. That wouldn't hurt. But how about if the citizens in this country? I'm talking about all citizens when they're pulled over by the cops in a traffic stop. Show the cops some respect, okay? Because more than likely, they were pulled over for a reason whether it's speeding, their car isn't up to standard as far as inspection, or whatever, treat the cops with respect. Well, why do we, most of the time, well, that would be wonderful well for you. But that's, that, you know, that, I, I, that involves our community. You know, I suggested that we do more training in the community of the citizenry, and Joe says, no, 
all the money has to go to uniform police officers on the front line. Well, that's fine. Well, I think they both should be adequately, <laughs> but that's adequately funded. But at some point, you so have to say that we have to work classes? in the community to address these issues. That it isn't a badge issue; uh, it's a people issue in our town. And Stan, you're you're spot on. And tonight, yeah. Stan, we're going to have mandatory uh, police appreciation for every citizen in your town, and they've all got to come. That's no, how we're going to solve so, the problem? You know, Mark, <laughs> we do have training in the community. They're called government-run schools, okay? From an early age, they've got these kids from the age 4 or 5 up until they're at least 18 in publicly paid for government-run school. Why aren't they being taught, okay, you get pulled over by a cop, show the cop some respect, because more than likely, I know if I get pulled over by a cop, there's a reason for it. It's generally because my foot's a little heavy on the accelerator, okay? So <laughs> I, 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 I give them what they want and say, yep, I know why I got pulled over. The last time I did, there was no doubt in my mind why I got pulled over. So I pulled over and waited for him to come get me, okay? Because <laughs> I seen, I seen that he had the little triangle thing he set up along the road, which I'd never seen in Riverside. <laughs> and so they got I you. knew uh, as soon as I looked over, there he was. I said, oh, crap. And I pulled up, waited in, and he came around the side, and I asked him if he got a new toy because I'd never seen it before. And he chuckled, gave him the thing, and he didn't hammer me for what he could have hammered me for. Well, I, I understand what you're saying, and I get I get this. You know, I think schools may have a role in this. Maybe driver's ed classes might have a role in this. But I think parents have a role in this. And I also think police have a role in this. You know, police are being asked, not specifically around here, but in the greater policing nationwide, to command more respect. What does it say to people getting pulled over and so on, particularly if it's a person of color? If the last person who got pulled over was a person of color, was beaten up or shot or suffocated or not allowed to breathe for no reason. Well, how about these? How about you know, these? Uh, the how about this 68-year-old white man in New York City beaten and savagely <laughs> by two black men and rolled over and his wallet taken? You know what? Should they have sensitivity training toward race relations with white people? No, but you should. Well, I'm just asking. I, honestly, I think if that was a racial incident, then maybe more training is. I just but not think you happen to find a mugging by two racial. black men I, and you're exploiting. I it. think they're two criminals. I don't care what color they are. I think they're two criminals who did a horrible act, but you're injecting race into everything. You're making it sound like every police officer needs racial sensitivity Joe, training. Who said the white man was attacked by two black men in this show a few moments ago? I did. But who that's injected race into the conversation? You did. You did. Oh, you started gotcha. it with race. Right. I, gotcha. I just added fuel to the fire. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Stan, go ahead. Last word. Go ahead. Uh, all right. You're right. Parents should be heavily involved with this. That's the first step right there. Parents. Parents need to be heavily involved to tell their kids how they need to be treated by cops. But to say that a cop coming up to a car and 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 the, and the black okay, we'll we'll go with your term. The black guy in the car gives the cop a hard time because he heard what the last cop did to a, a person of color. Well, right there is the biggest problem I find. Okay, I don't care whether you're white, green, red, or blue. When the cop walks up to the car, you hand them the driver's license and, and the registration for the car, and you say, what, uh, how you doing, sir? Because otherwise, things go to crap real quick, because right? there's no reason for it. Because the cops are on edge at all times because they don't know, because too many times the person in the car has come out shooting because they're scumbags on parole or, or have a warrant on arrest or whatever. The cops don't know this. And I don't think they So until the people in the public 
do their job and just respect the cops. You know, once and and the worst case is if the cop is thoroughly off the wall, you take it to court. Well, and the worst case is it's not the Republicans who are trying to take away the policeman's limited immunity. And that's one of the big reasons cops don't want to lose their home, their pension, everything else, just because of one mistake. Nobody wants to be defined by the worst day they ever had or the worst mistake they ever made. Now, that's not saying guys like Chauvin shouldn't be in jail. He should be, and he deserves what he yeah. got. But, you know, the vast majority of policemen are not Derek Chauvin's. They are good, hardworking, right. honest people, men and women, who put their lives on the line every day and deserve the resources we can give them to do their job effectively. All right, and Joe says they don't need any more training. That's the last thing they need. No, All right. didn't. Thank Joe never said that. I never said that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stan. Thanks for calling in. All right, we got All another right. call coming in. Uh, we're going to take a quickie break. Uh, we got nearly open phones. Give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Write it down. You're going to need it during the 9 a.m. hour. We'll go back to nearly open phones. We're talking about defunding police. One of our listeners sends us a note, says, Mark, I seriously hope that you're, you're just playing the liberal side of the show because if you really do believe what you're saying, that would be sad. And then our friend Tom says, and Tom's got it wrong as usual, $350 billion was voted down by the Republicans that could have been used for policing. Who's defunding the police? Comparing policing in Shemokin Dam to Minneapolis is stupid. Back to the stand show. Yuck, says Tom. Says Tom. All right. Bobby D., you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yes. Um, good morning, everyone. Of course, being around the media, you know, as many years as I have and well, okay, when I first had to do the news, I had to call the local police and uh, local fire police and, uh, uh, and well, it, it, this was before the comm center was, was, was established in that. And, uh, you know, uh, the police that were on duty, of course, Guy, Guy Nuss was on for years in, in Sunbury and that, but uh, that, that's something that one part of the, I'm going to say, police force that people don't recognize because they don't see it every day or the people be, uh, behind the scenes taking the calls and then making sure the dispatch is taken care of. You mean the dispatching? Yeah. Right. Well, that might be a factor. Maybe uh, enhanced training for uh, dispatchers, too. Maybe that would be part of the solution. You never know. Yes. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. 
All right, thank you. Yeah, you never hear about uh, more training for the telecommunicators or defund the telecommunicators. That's a phrase you don't hear. Well, I think that they've certainly centralized dispatching over the years. Very few places have their own dispatching centers now. One of my mayor friends, uh, he his town does dispatch their police and fire and ambulance outside of the regular, uh, what do you call it, multi-municipality dispatching centers, and he thinks that's the right course. But I think that the training and professionalism that I hear from our dispatchers in this area, the uh, comm centers, is just incredible. I mean, they are calm, they're dispassionate, they provide as much information to the officers as they can. I think they do an incredible job. Well, I agree, and I think we should really find out what they do do. Talk to more of the individuals who learn about the training that they do have and and how and the resources they have available. So, to be continued, we'll talk about this during the 9 a.m. hour. News Radio 1070 WKOK loves to put on the mark on the radio, and so we love to announce who is our funder, and that is the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and we invite you to do as I have done. Go to the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, get pumped up with nitrogen, then I got my alignment, then I got some body work done, then I got some more parts, and I'll tell you what, you can do it. And I also got my tires rotated on the vehicle, too, while I was down there getting all that work done on me. But that is what they do at the quick lane, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can make an appointment at sunburymotors.com or call them up on the telephone, and they will set aside some time to work on your vehicle. You can just show up at the quick lane. They are always ready to work on vehicles and to expedite any repair. Maybe you're going on another summer or fall road trip or tailgate seasons around the corner. You want to get the vehicle checked out prior to the tailgate season. Even if you're current in your inspection, just give it a look-see. Or if it's knocking or pulling or humming or it's making that noise again, take it to the Sunbury Motor Company quick, loan. Make, quick lane. Make your appointment at sunburymotors.com and uh, we'll see you down at the quick lane. I go down there and hang out on my vacations. I just think it's a great place to listen to On The Mark. I think if they have a quick loan option, that would be something you might want to use to buy your next vehicle. Go see Jeff Clock about that. He'll get you squared away with a quick loan, and you'll be among the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of happy customers from the Sunbury Motor Company. SunburyMotors.com. This is WKOK Sunbury, 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across me and adamantly opposed to the common sense, liberal, forward-thinking, progressive ideas that I've been talking about today. So we invite you to call up and back me up. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com. 
www.thepatriotmedia.com. And we'd love to hear from you. You can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM in your text. We'd very much like to hear from you. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. We'll do some brief news headlines. We've been talking about what is needed for police in America today. Is it defunding, which is a terrible word for a form of reform and additional training? And in some cases, as Joe has pointed out, it does simply involve, as the name implies, uh, reducing funding for police. Are some of the conflicts that we've had with policing, is there a solution to them? Stan aptly pointed out that it starts with individuals, not with uh, racial bias among police, but lack of common sense or cooperation among individuals being stopped. Uh, what's your view on this? Give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. Going forward, are there any solutions that can be had to these uh, types of problems that we are talking about? So call us now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. We do have some brief news headlines here before we return to our show. Uh, turns out it was a 62-year-old Northumberland man who died in a traffic accident on routes 11, 11 and 15 near Port Treverton Monday night. State troopers at Sealands Grove tell us Donald Egan, age 62, Northumberland, was killed when he was driving north in the southbound lanes of the highway. State police say they were assisted at the scene by Port Treverton Fire Department emergency medical responders from Evangelical Hospital, Lifelight, and PennDOT. They do not know uh, why he was driving the wrong direction on that roadway. He was the individual killed in the crash. It was a car versus a tractor-trailer head-on collision in the southbound lanes. Uh, Perry County's Liverpool Fire Company also responded, as did fire police from Sealance Grove, and uh, information came out on that 8.30, uh, 8.20 p.m. accident a few moments ago. State police in Montour County, or check that, state police at Milton say it was to Montour County residents injured in a rollover I-180 crash yesterday afternoon. Albert Hatzel and Bishan Wu, both of Danville, died, or check that, were injured in that uh, pickup truck accident. They were taken to UPMC Susquehanna Hospital. That's where Dr. Rutal Delal, medical director of infectious diseases, says if the CDC is talking about masking of students in time for classes this fall, he says for some students that's a good idea. I would say until the vaccine is out, it would be a good idea to wear a mask. And even though uh, the vaccine is going to be out for kids, I'm sure there's going to be a, a lot of vaccine hesitancy among parents to give it to their own kids. So I think masking just adds an extra layer of protection. You can hear all of his response at WKOK.com. State Department of Health is out with numbers from the four-day weekend. Say we continue at the new normal. They say there were 2,200 cases over the four-day period. That averages 563 cases per day. Uh, no uh, local new deaths reported from the virus. And now for the first time in about a year or more, Evangelical Community Hospital has no COVID-19 patients on board 
board at this time. Geisinger is down to nine patients. We've talked about the idea of an audit of Pennsylvania's election. Well, the state auditor general, Tim DeFore, talked to the Pennsylvania Press Club luncheon in Harrisburg yesterday and says, while there certainly are individuals who have questions about the 2020 election, he says he will not recertify, recount, or re-audit the results. All of that has uh, definitely already happened. He says funding is still set, though, at 1997 levels, and that hampers his ability to look at things like the handling of nursing homes during the pandemic or recounting election results. He says state and federal courts have ruled that his department has moved on to do the work that we are statutorily required to do. Uh, Tim DeFore says an audit of last year's presidential election is something that he can not do. And finally, we talked about uh, the Bikini Girls from Europe last year. These are the women uh, handball last players. Week. Yeah, last week. Thank you. Uh, these are the women handball players that were complaining that they didn't wish to wear the bikini bottoms while playing um, handball in the sand. Well, that led to this update from the Associated Press. The team's outfits look similar to others in the room as the arena lights gleamed, uh, gleamed off the crystals crisscrossing their chest and down their crimson white sleeves. It was the German gymnastics new Olympic suits that didn't stop at their hips that everybody was noticing. They are now wearing a unitard, which is a leotard that goes from ankle to the end of the arms and allows for full movement, say the gymnasts, without being so revealing. The company that made them, GK Elite, which incidentally has a factory in Reading that made the U.S. gymnastic outfits, uh, says most of their requirements Quest for unitards up to now has come from countries who require modesty for cultural or religious reasons. They say they see no rush towards what they call the cat suits or the unitard, but he says they definitely are going to meet the demand as it continues to grow. Of course, that German team wore shorts in a handball tournament last week and were fined for not wearing the skimpy bikini bottoms. What's the world coming to? Right. Well, and I think uh, you have uh, gymnasts from the U.S. who say this: there's been a sexualization of the female gymnasts in the U.S. and globally, and this will help fight that. Uh, of course, we had U.S. gymnasts who were sexually assaulted by uh, team doctors, so you definitely know that there's, you know, something that happened there. So these you think some that had to do with what they were wearing. Um, I, I don't think so, but I do think that if you take a teenage girl. And you, and you make her wear a skimpy outfit or she can't compete in a global athletics competition, I think there's something wrong with the rule makers that they have to wear a skimpy outfit. I think they should be able to wear the uniform of their choice or their team choice. That's what Simone Biles says. She'll go with whatever the team decides, <laughs> which incidentally, she may be out of the Olympics because of an injury. So that's tough news for the gymnastics team, but I'm sure the rest of the team will rise up well, and I mean, everybody, fill the gap. Everybody has their own criteria, I would suppose, but I mean, many of the um, Southern University bands feature 
girls who are very scantily clad uh, and doing very suggestive gyration moves as the band moves down the street. I mean, they apparently find that acceptable. Other people don't want to be subjected to that. I think it's an individual choice, don't you? For the girl. Yeah, right. and what she's comfortable doing. If she wants to participate, if this is the way the band, uh, band front operates, that's one thing. If they go another direction and they want to wear unitards and she doesn't want to participate, well, that should be her choice. One way or the other. But you can't have everybody going in their own thing, right? It's got to be uniform. <laughs> well, it is, they do call them uniforms for right. a reason. Yes. 1-800-795-9565. I think one of our listeners had a response to our previous conversation. Oh, I lost it here. Now I lost it. Oh, no. Do, 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 oh, there do, do. it is. No, that's, no, just that's a, not. That's a, <laughs> you get a free car wash from 94K. Anyway, finishing up what we were talking about, um, Sunday Night in America host Trey Gowdy tore into Progressive Squad rep member Representative Cori Bush, a Democrat from Missouri, after campaign filings revealed she spent a shocking $70,000 on private security while publicly calling for reduced police budgets nationwide. Members of Congress are spending more money than ever on their personal security, Gowdy said. Um, it's a tragic reflection of the times we live in. Members of Congress have been threatened with all acts of violence. Because of these threats of violence, members of Congress are allowed to spend campaign money on their safety. Safety is priority number one for members of Congress, as it should be. But he adds, what about you? You know, they're, they're, they're yelling to defund the police on one hand. On the other hand, they're spending tons of taxpayer money to no, provide no, their no. own I security. I thought you said it was campaign money. Well, where does that come from? It comes from, it comes from people. Right, but it doesn't come from taxpayers. You said taxpayers are paying. You campaigns. assume that the people that didn't, the donated to these folks, didn't pay taxes. I see what you're saying. So you're trying to make it sound like it's government money paying for this private security by calling well, them taxpayers. Some of it is. Yes, that's true. Campaign donors are taxpayers also, I suppose. But you're trying trying to conflate the two. Just just be clear. That's all I ask. If if a campaign wants to increase security for its candidate for whatever reason, that's fine. And if she has a campaign plank that says defund police and eliminate police officers, obviously that's not something you would agree with. If her viewpoint, well, what is her what? specifically does she say should happen to police either nationwide or wherever she's, she's called at. for defunding okay she's but what does that mean does she mean just simply she means cutting taking the away budget? the money away just cutting the budget right. okay well you and I have already kind of landed on the fact that that's not necessarily ideal without any reform or additional training or hiring of other individuals well representative Bush spent $54,120.92 in payments between April 15th and June 28th for security services to RS&T Security Consulting, a New York-based firm with a mysterious online presence, according to the Federal Election Commission <laughs> according records. According to Fox. The Democratic campaign also paid $15,000 to Nathaniel Davis for security services over the same period of time. But don't you think there's an element of hypocrisy here where somebody who was calling for defunding the police, the protection you and I receive as taxpayers, and on the other hand is using campaign money, which wasn't specifically donated for security services, for that purpose. All right. Well, you're really you're tying two things together. One is defunding police. That needs to be taken up by municipalities and police officers and police so you don't, chiefs. You see hypocrisy and here. 
Well, I can see how if you only look at two of the available facts that you have in your Fox article, you could see it might sound like hypocritical. But let's look at the rest of the facts here briefly. You know, what does defunding entail? If it is just plain budget cuts, that's not an ideal solution. But if it's what most people call defunding police who are really interested in it, not you, it has to do with additional reforms, maybe more police training, more community training like Stan called for, maybe more helps for families, things that address the underlying issues that are taking place in a community, which you're dead set against. I get that, all right? I'm I'm 100% <laughs> clear on that. But no, you're not. But also, <laughs> but the other situation is, why did her campaign feel it was necessary for her to have an increased security? How many death threats did she get last year? You do not know. You don't know anything about this 17. campaign. Why she had Seventeen. Why seventeen? Oh, okay. Well, no, I'm not making that up. That, but what's, how I is that relevant? It. How is that relevant? Because if a campaign feels as though they need additional security for the campaign okay. or the whole campaign or their if office somebody threatens, or their person, why? what's wrong with that? We're talking about the insurrection at the Capitol where all these people rushed in and how they needed to protect the members right. of Congress. And you say it was a right. normal tourist no, attraction. I didn't, no, I never said that. Never, never, That's never. That's Republicans called it just a few I, a month not ago. Not every Republican called it that. I didn't call it that. I think it was that a riot. Is, I'm sorry, Joe. If you haven't mm -hmm. paid attention, that is Mr. McCarthy's me. line. You said me. I didn't call it that. Okay. Well, you and your ilk have called it My that ilk. because you have a mindset that it was well, a you normal tourist warped. day. <laughs> You're not right. paying attention. So back to the normal tourist day. What about it? All right. There was a lack of security at the Capitol, one way or the other, right? They weren't prepared for it. You know, so taxpayer money, if this congresswoman is getting threats on her life, it seems to me that we as the taxpayers should be, whether she's a Republican or a Democrat, a liberal or conservative, should be paying for her increased security if the death threats are credible. Now, you just complained the taxpayers the were no, well, footing let the me bill finish. for this. Let me, no, I didn't. <laughs> I said, let me finish. If, they, if she had, you ask how many death threats she's had. I'm saying if she's had any, and if they are deemed to be legitimate, that, you know, in serious threats, then the taxpayer should fund her protection. The same way I believe the taxpayer should have funded the additional protection necessary to stop that riot from happening on the 6th of January. Well, who's going to argue against that? You were. We should have. Uh, no, I have never said we should add inadequate security. We had inadequate security but, at the Capitol on that day for a number of reasons. But you're missing, you're missing me. I'm <laughs> saying that, that if we don't have the boots on the ground, if we don't physically have the number of people we need to do the job, there is an inherent lack of security that's just going to manifest itself in a 68-year-old man being savagely beaten on the streets of New York City By in broad two daylight. Black men. In broad daylight. I didn't mention the, the race this time, but it wasn't germane to the conversation. So that's what we want to stop, isn't it? And let's say at a police car driving by at that exact moment, do you think it would have stopped that attack? I do. 1-800-795-9565. If you agree with Joe, call 1-800-795-9565. If you agree with my more reasonable, compromising situation that would help solve the underlying community issues, call us now, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, one of our listeners sends a uh, sentence. This is from Stan. Says, hey, Tom, key word in your little leftist rant was could have used for police. It wasn't a mandate, and knowing the Democrats, it wouldn't have been. 
You know, so why would you why would you say, OK, the Republicans voted to defund the police because they didn't vote for a bill where money could have been used for police protection? At the same time, members of the Democratic congressional delegation are calling for cutting the funds from the police altogether. You know, that seems to me like that's what's called sophistry, cleverly deceptive reasoning. One of our listeners says, how can you get the police more training when you lower their budgets? No, that's a good question. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. Joe's all fired up. Fox did an article about the fact that defunding police has led to one congresswoman hiring extra security. I say, well, let's find out what the rest of the story is, not just the Fox News points. But that particular congresswoman has advocated for reduced budgetary outlays, says Joe anyway, for police. So that's an issue in my book. So what's your view on this topic? 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guy's force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Oh, my gosh, this is not working out. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. We have nearly open phones, and we are produced by our fabulous producer, Mr. Rob Center. We've had this issue come up before, but I think that, that it's unusual when somebody is willing to pursue it to the length that this guy is willing to pr- pursue it. A former high school football coach is challenging a ban on post-game prayers. He vowed to take his case to the Supreme Court after losing his latest court appeal last Monday. Joe Kennedy and his legal team have alleged the former coach's First Amendment rights were violated by the Bremerton School District in Washington State after he was issued an order to end his prayer sessions while on the field with players. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit declined to hear arguments challenging a ruling by a district court in favor of the school district. We will appeal and are confident that the Supreme Court of the United States will right this wrong, said Jeff Mateer, a First Liberty Institute's chief legal officer, banning coaches from praying just because they can be seen contradicts the Constitution. Kennedy was first suspended and then fired in 2015 after he refused to stop saying prayers on the field while acting as a public school coach. The former coach's post-game prayers began with him silently praying alone on the field, though he was later joined by players. 
The school has argued that Kennedy was never reprimanded for silently praying on his own and applauded the court's decision. The Ninth Circuit made the right call. The Bremerton School District was correct to protect the religious freedom of its students and their families, said the legal director for Americans United for Separation of Church and State. The school district's legal team said in a statement to Fox News, the Constitution requires public schools to provide an inclusive and welcoming environment for all students. That includes ensuring that student athletes don't feel compelled to pray or participate in religious activities to secure their place on a team. Now, here's my issue. Um, if their their job is to have a welcoming and open and inclusive environment, why does that exclude people praying? I don't think this has anything to do with a welcoming, exclusive, or a diverse community or a diverse school or Wouldn't you agree body. in every community there are people who pray? Right, but you don't get the right to practice your religion on school grounds. But I mean, this it is, wasn't like he was on the loudspeaker uh, proletizing the, the people in the audience saying, you've got to believe what I believe. This was silently done on his own before the game, and then later... I don't later, think you're allowed to practice your religion on school grounds, whether it's praying or in the PA or silently or gathered in a circle or just by yourself. I don't think the school grounds, the football field, isn't a uh, worship space that's set aside for Christians or anyone else, for that matter. So school well, grounds are like for school. He was conducting services, Mark. He was was praying silently, and some of the members of the team who were like-minded wanted to join him. What is the problem? uh, I think school grounds are for school activities, not worship space. So football is a school activity? Well, it's considered an extracurricular activity associated with the school district. Yes, of course. And aren't there religious clubs and? You ever schools? see the front of their jerseys where it says uh, Sealance Grove Seals? What do you? Where do you think they got that from? Yes, but I'm I'm saying Walmart. It's <laughs> possible. <laughs> Listen, I I don't have any problem if this guy was praying on his own before the game. After. Well, he was started out praying before the game. Oh, I got you. Then now, the, now after the game, he and some of the team members came on the field of their own choice. He didn't compel anybody to do it. The implication that it, that he you would not get a place on the team unless you prayed is nowhere in evidence. It didn't say that he discriminated against anybody well, who wouldn't just join a short him in article. prayer. I think the judge or whoever decided this or the... The cir- Ninth Circuit. Right. The judges have obviously felt that that must be part of it. We've de- we've dealt with this before. You know, school grounds are for school-related activities and athletic fields are for athletics, not set-aside worship space but for people. But there's a difference here. Pray before you get to school. Pray as soon as you get off the school grounds, but don't... And don't encourage students to be part of it because they may not be part of their faith. They may have to defy their faith in order but to get on the But now you're team. assuming facts, not in evidence. There is no evidence well, this man compelled only seven anybody. seven paragraphs. Come on. Now, obviously, if the circuit court felt as though it was compelled to rule on the fact that they don't want any compulsion to pray, then that is, obviously, it must have been considered part of it. And I see why it could be uh, extrapolated that that matters, because if you have some students participating in it, then the rest would say, oh my gosh, we got to go with the Well, here's the your coach. article, Blown to hell. Oh, okay. The appeals <laughs> court also noted that the school offered the then coach a private location within the school building, oh, athletic super. facility, or press box before or after the game for private prayer. 
So what's the difference? If, if they're allowing him to pray in the press box, they would allow him to pray in the athletic facility, in the school building, but not on the football field? It's probably keeping with the sort of the equal space thing where you are allowed to have a, you know, like the Shikolami Christians meet in a classroom if that's a club But you just said that, that, school. that the school should be exclusive well, of religion. Right. The stadium grass is not the place for a worship space. Sorry. But they were if they get, so the if press they have box a club is? and he wants to meet, you know, a set-aside time in a classroom or whatever the location, that's fine. But you can't just say, okay, here's, you know, you stake out a place in the school district. Here I am out by the flagpole or here I am out on the football field. How about the end zone? This is my space now. I have to be able to conduct my prayer service here. But he wasn't it, conducting a prayer service. He was offering silent way. prayer. He wasn't on the loudspeaker describing his religion, his faith, and how he was better. His faith is better than everybody else's. <laughs> He was simply praying. You're familiar. We've separated <laughs> churches from schools, right? I am. <laughs> that we don't have to force Christianity down the throats of uh, unsuspecting students now. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. Lance, thanks for calling in. Go right ahead. Okay, I just want to get my minute here. Um, well, you didn't call one for, time yet. I know, but I wanted to get the minute first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a one pundit that described the uh, training that we need for our policemen. So we need training that after it's all done, what we have is a cross between Henry Kissinger, the Dalai Lama, and John Wayne. <laughs> all right. What was that? Uh, what's the movie about a robot policeman that came out? We need that person. They, Robocop. They, right. We need Robocop with sensitivity training, although he was a little bit tough on uh, criminals sometimes, I think. I think he was, was uh, too tough on everybody, that guy. <laughs> Robocop. Yeah, didn't he throw the CEO of the f company that, the corrupt CEO of the company that developed him out the window of, yeah. a, of a high building? <laughs> but anyway, okay, yeah. all the way back to yep. reality. Um, well, you know, I, I guess there's certainly there might be an element of that, but you and I know common sense-wise that there's probably some additional helps we can either give uh, families or individuals or communities or police that could help de-escalate some you know, conflicts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would uh, definitely help. That's for sure. But uh, that isn't all the, the murders and everything that go on. That's all like gang violence. Right. Really, illegal drugs probably at the center of some of that. Yeah, and also all the sanctuary cities all that time. I mean, they imported all the uh, criminal element from south of the border, and that's what a lot of it is too. You got to admit it's the uh, Black and Hispanic gangs duking it out and uh, getting, uh, settling the score for something one gang did over another. Plus the turf wars. We went through that back in the early 90s. And uh, that's why well, our murder rate back then was over 10. And even with the uptick here, it's a little over 6 per 100,000. So, yeah, well, so I get to call back later. So. <laughs> 
Bye. Oh, okay. Well, please do. 1-800-795-9565. We'll go ahead and take the next break. But we would love to hear from you. We have one email pending. And so that individual sent a note to onthemark at WDKOK.com. And you can text us at 70236. Make sure you put the keyword OTM in there. And you can also call us 1-800-795-9565. Should a coach be permitted to pray on the football field? Or where is he? On the end zone? Somewhere on or near the field after the game. The school district says, no, we'll set aside some other space if you need it, but not in plain sight on the field. That's not where our clubs and organizations meet. 1-800-795-9565. Yes, I want to comment on the prayer situation. Uh, I know when I went to school back in the 50s and 40s, uh, we prayed before school in the class, read the Bible, pledged allegiance, all that stuff course that's illegal now and i'm wondering mark i i i understand that you're a lay minister is that true of course i've talked about that you seem to have two opinions you're arguing against prayer and yet in your bible it says that you should pray without ceasing (laughs) Uh, remember daniel in the lion's den everybody knows the story of daniel in the lion's den right well, you it's know news what to Mark. In that story. <laughs> you know what happened? The they made a decree. All the, the prime ministers and all the political leaders went to the king and said, hey, nobody can pray except to you or make any petition to any god except to you, O king. And boy, that pleased the king very well. And so he made a law, the Medo-Persians, that cannot be broken. And, of course, Daniel uh, broke that law. He opened his window and prayed three times toward Jerusalem to Yahweh, and they threw him in the lion's den. But guess what happened? Yahweh protected him, of course, sent an angel, and then you know what happened. All these prime ministers, the king knew he was uh, coerced into doing that because they were jealous of Daniel. They threw them and their families into the lion's den, and the lions devoured them. Yeah, but that's not going to so happen Lord, in the day's... watch out who you're defending here. That's not going to happen in uh, today's society. Stand up for the Almighty... Uh, whom you teach on the first day of the week, a little like Marie that called in one time. She said, well, if I want to hear religion, I'll just hear it on Sunday. Well, uh, she's going to be miserable if she gets to heaven because we're going to be praising the Almighty 24-7. Well, I think the issue here, Joseph, Joseph, the issue here is that the Ninth Circuit, I, I think that this is up not just because the debate about prayer, but because of the fact that they, they, it's where he was praying that they think is a problem. They've offered him spaces other places in the building, but said, no, you can't pray in the football field. Now, my argument is he wasn't, he didn't have a loudspeaker. He wasn't addressing the crowd, telling them my religion's better than yours, or you should believe what I believe. He was praying silently. Right. In what and, way is the athletic field the appropriate place for worship? That's, that's in what, what I way is know. the press box the appropriate place well, for worship? Well, if they want to set it, because they do have a policy where they allow individuals who have strong faith to form a club hey, or a group if, or do if that. You're born, excuse me. If you're a born-again believer, worship is it's 24-7. It's where you are right now. Right. It's so, where I am. Anyhow, uh, you know, I always thought before I was saved, that, well, that's just for the, what people in church want to be behind the stained glass windows. No. It's when I'm sitting in my car. It's when I'm at work. It's where, wherever I am. Well, your Bible, Joseph. Your Bible, uh, Joseph, also. 
Pardon me? Your Bible, Joseph, also talks about the fact that don't uh, pray hysterically in public. Don't make a spectacle of yourself. So no, no, in what way pray is to... praying on an athletic yes, field not making that. a spectacle or doing it publicly? But you see, with Daniel... All right, I wouldn't answer it either spectacle. if I were you. It was his way of life. He opened the windows... And he didn't mean to make a spectacle, but that's the way he did it. And he wasn't going to stop praying because the law said he was supposed to. So should this coach be able to conduct a prayer after a football game on the athletic field? Absolutely. Fields? All Absolutely. Right. We, we got you. Y'all will bless him. Y'all will bless him for it. All right. Thank you so but much, But not, not the Ninth Circuit. They didn't bless him for it. <laughs> Thanks well, for calling in. Right. Appreciate <laughs> nice, the call. Appreciate Thank you, Joseph. Call. All right. There we go. Let's see. Next text. Then, uh, then one of our texters says, the Ninth Circus Court did its usual. How many schools have put Muslim prayer rooms in schools in the last 20 years? I don't know, but I suspect some have. Yeah, some if they have a group or a club. But I don't think the athletic fields are the appropriate. I, I don't think that there probably are Muslim groups that are allowed to meet uh, in some portion of the athletic fields before or after a game. But Joseph is right. I mean, I, I went through the same thing when I was in school. I assume we're somewhere near the same age. We read 10 verses of the Bible every day in public school. We recited the Lord's Prayer, and we recited the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, I agree, and by today's standards, that has... You know, that's not going to fly today for whatever reason, because some people are just not going to appreciate the fact that and they're being— And you think everybody in the school district should be forced to participate in a Christian 10-verse no, no. lesson? No, you know, not in today's world. But when I grew up, that was the accepted norm. And we did it, and there were Catholics, and there were Jews in the class. You know, we all did it, and nobody thought much about it. But today, people do think about it. But here, we're not talking about praying out loud or reading the Bible out loud. We're talking about a silent prayer participated in by the coach and some players who chose to join him. And so he should be allowed to go to his private room that they've afforded him. But the athletic fields are never set aside All for right. any particular faith. So I'm the coach of this football team. And after the game, I stand there, I take my hat off, and I silently thank God for the fact that nobody was hurt in the game. We had a good game, and the best team won. Well, you don't have to take your hat off to pray. Well, you don't wear a hat anyway. <laughs> but, well, I do sometimes, a baseball cap, because I'm bald and the sun gets to my head. I don't but that's think not you the, do. I think you're making that up. But seriously, I mean, where is the harm in that? I don't think there's a harm in it per se, but that's not what the school district taxpayer-funded properties for. They do athletic fields that are partially funded by the athletic budget so that you can play football on them, and they mow the grass and put down the lines so the girls can play field hockey on them, and then the teams who play soccer on them or lacrosse, whatever it happens to be. That's what the football or that's what the grassy fields are for. It's not set aside so some coach can have a, a, a mini worship prayer service for some of the football players after the Game. Well, Rob That's here, not what these things are for. Rob here has an excellent email. He says, Mark, a football player suffers a serious injury during a game. Coaches and players from both teams take a knee to pray. Should they all be disciplined for their actions? <laughs> no, I don't think so. And I, as Joseph aptly pointed out, your whole life could be a prayer. on the field. Your whole life could be a prayer. Well, I think having a brief incidental prayer because of an injury, that I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing that would restrict anybody from any faith from doing that. There's no 
indication that the coach is doing this or singling out some players and adding some but others. But what if or they're atheists in faith. the stand who don't believe it, that they should be praying to any super deity? But Joseph's 100% right. Your whole life could be a homage uh, to God and that you don't need to set aside a spectacle at the end of the thing where you pray and let the whole world know, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm a Christian. I'm praying down here. You don't need to do that. <laughs> Just make your whole life worthy of him, and then you'll have less less uh, times where you need to kneel. But the Ninth Circuit wouldn't approve of that if you chose to do that on a public space. Well, you can pray silently. How will the court That's know? That's what the coach was doing. Kneeling and a spectacle on the football field. He wasn't kneeling. He was just standing there just praying standing quietly. There. Well, in any event. One of our listeners says... There are Muslim, oh, do a search. There are Muslim prayer schools in public government schools in this country because the religion requires prayer five times a day. Oh, good. Okay, super. Thank you very much. Well, that's true. It yeah, does. Yeah, that would make sense. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Let us take a quickie break. We are talking about religion in school. Uh, where is it appropriate? On the athletic fields that are dedicated to the extracurricular teams of men and women who play on those teams, or a classroom or a set-aside space in the press box area for the coach, uh, but or is it just a grassy? Any place you darn well please, you can kneel down and say, this is our worship space from now on uh, everybody else be darned 1-800-795-9565 we'll be right back when it comes to car buying there's the other guy's way and then there's the smc way the other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want the Subway motors way lets you take the time you need to browse ask questions and take the test drive and think on it for over 100 years the mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have the other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will the smc way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth the SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. One of our listeners says, no, Mark. Prayer rooms make no sense, and that would be discriminatory if it were for one religion only. Where's that separation of church and state on that? I only said that schools do make prayer space available for various religious groups. They call them a club, and they get to do whatever they want in the classroom or wherever they are, not during class time, but after school when extracurricular clubs meet. It's not specifically a prayer room set aside. It's just a room that's a classroom, and the, and the Christian club meets there, and one of the things they do is pray, which they're permitted well, to I do. They were talking about the or Muslim, Muslim, yeah, where they Muslim, have to pray five, where they have to pray five times a day. So that would be prayer in public school five times a day. Right, and they do have space set aside. Upper right hand corner, yeah, Joe. That, is that right? Is the coach praying, or could he be meditating? Now, if he said he was meditating, the press would portray him as an innovator, allowing him and his team to find internal peace. What's next? Team yoga warm-ups? Right. 1-800-79. Oh, we won't have time for more calls. Uh, Joseph gets uh, 60 seconds. Go ahead, sir. Yes, I want to demonstrate on this program right now the difference between a liberal and a conservative. Mark, uh, you're a liberal, and Joseph, he's a conservative, correct? When Joseph made the statement that 
I would remove my hat and pray. You said, oh, you don't have to remove your hat. Well, here's the difference. To show respect, you always remove your hat. And when you enter a building, and even years ago, if you met a woman, you would tip your hat to the woman. You would partially remove it. And especially in prayer, when you come before the Almighty, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, read that very carefully. You are to not to have anything on your head. You're to remove your hat or any kind of head covering. And if you don't, you disrespect your Savior by not removing your hat. That's yeah, what that's, the Bible says. That's not what I said, Joseph. And nice I, try. I, prefer, yeah. I prefer Joe, if you don't mind. Bobby, one minute. Go right ahead. Uh, yes, you know, um, I, I, I think it depends on, like, where you're at. Like, I, I help out with the Bloomsburg Fair, so they, their organizational meeting starts out with a, a pledge to the flag and the, and, and the fair. And, of course, uh, uh, you know, as far as your football games and things like that, I think uh, precedence is set uh, no matter where you're at. All right, good point. Thank you so much. Chris, last caller of the day. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Well, I never knew God and Trump were so similar. In what way? <laughs> they both demand constant praise. <laughs> and that's your and, point? No, my point is that the the Ninth Circuit was it was uh, Ninth Circuit, following yes. the laws that exist today. I don't see what your complaint is at all. Students are allowed to pray or preach, even at any time that isn't disruptive. Well, so how is a but silent prayer... officials are not allowed to lead prayers or that's, that's, the, that's, that's been the decisions for, for 30 years or more out of the court. But here's the, here's the difference, Chris. This guy was praying on his own. And I guess some of his students knew what yeah, he was doing, well, and they joined him. Prayer, he is not praying on his own. He joined. He wasn't leading them in prayer. They joined with him. They came to him they, voluntarily. That makes him a leader, doesn't it? Well, yeah, that's, I guess. <laughs> that's not his job in school. The students can do that on their own. The the faculty, janitors, employees of the school cannot. So what if what if the kids wanted to pray with him and that you should he should have thrown them out said no go away well, he you're be, bothering he, me he shouldn't, he be, shouldn't praying. be praying not on school grounds on but the they offered fields. him space in the press box inside the building you know come on if if he can pray what do you those mean places they offered him who offered who what oh uh, that's the school district offered him a place in the press box to pray they offered him a space in the school. Uh, and he was permitted, if he chose, to pray on the field as long as he waited for all players and fans to... Yeah, now, let me finish. Let me, kids, f right? let me finish. He was additionally permitted to pray on the field if he chose as long as he waited for all the players and fans to leave the premises. Yeah, that makes sense. That follows the law that I just explained to you. That makes no sense. If he's allowed that to... That follows if, the law, Joe. So it so isn't... I just told you what the law is. It isn't pub... No, you're saying the law is on public property. He, he was given permission to play on public property after everybody was gone. What sense does that make? He's... he's he, because then he's not leading the students. He wasn't leading them in the first place. He was just praying. <laughs> we just... <laughs> So what if the students... You can go around in circles, but the, I just told you what the law was. Okay, but then how could they get away with offering him space on all other places in the public property to pray? Well, they probably shouldn't have. Well, the Ninth Circuit didn't have any problem with that. I didn't read their decision. 
They offered him a place, uh, a private location within the school building, athletic facility, or press box before or after the game for private prayer. Since that didn't happen, the court doesn't rule on that. Right. Well, he, he turned it down. Yeah, but, it, yeah, that's why it didn't happen, and the court doesn't rule on things that didn't happen. No, so but that wasn't part of their ruling. It's germane to the case. In other words, it's if this germane to the case, but they don't rule on things that haven't but happened. But Chris, you're just going to keep yelling and not listen to me. If, I am listening. If the school but you're district not listening to me, if it didn't happen, if the, the school court district did not rule on it. if the school district offered him a space on public property to pray, and all he was doing was privately praying on the football field, and some other people joined him in individual private prayer, what is the difference? What is the distinction? I mean, After all the fans and, 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 and fans and players left, then it's... So is it the building or is what, it other he's, people that... He's doing it alone. But the whole That's argument... Like doing it in your office. The whole alone. argument, That's, Chris, is that it's public property. He's play, playing on public property. It's still public property. The law about leading prayers in It's still public property. Is, pu- on, is on school property. It's still school but, property whether there's anybody there or not. It's yes, still school but property. You're not leading it if you're by yourself, Joe. And he was, and and that uh, you're making my case. He he was privately he praying, be allowed to and other people there. joined him in private prayer. Ever. If they, then they hadn't left the field. Of course not. <laughs> well, that, that, you but also said that if was private, the if private property, you? no, you're 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 just you're you dancing said, around you this. You're they, trying to deflect. They allowed, he's allowed to do it if they if he does it when there's no students or fans around. Right. So what Correct? is the law? Is the law That's that it's public said. property, or is it the people that are in the building or on the that are other people that are there that are the problem? If it's a school, if it's, it's a school property, it's a school property. Whether there's one person there, nobody there, or ten thousand people there, it's still school property. And if praying yes, on it is there's no law against praying by yourself on on public property. That's what he was doing, and so were the students joining with no, him. No, not if they're there to join him, Joe. How can they be? How can he be alone and have the students there to join him? They were alone together. They were individually alone <laughs> in their prayer. He wasn't leading a prayer. Yes, he is. No, if he he's isn't. With students, he shouldn't be doing it. That's the law. That's the ruling. It's been for 30 years. You're Thank you, up, Chris. Chris. Great argument. We appreciate you calling in. Thank you, sir. I'm just telling you the facts. I'm not even arguing. It's the Thank you. This is WKOK Sunbury.